Chapter 11 Eric hadn't slept so well in years. In fact, he didn't think he'd ever slept so well. Nearly three hours of sweet, dreamless oblivion last night, and now, this morning, he felt almost buzzed with energy as he prepared breakfast in the sunlit kitchen. He actually caught himself whistling as he flipped the omelettes and sliced the cinnamon toast. Whistling, for Christ's sake. Well, he supposed, back-to-back, blistering orgasms could do that to a man. He paused, indulging in a memory from last night, an image of her soft, sweet little body beneath him. God, she'd felt good. Better than he'd ever dreamed. And he'd been dreaming about her pretty creatively for almost two years now. Reality was so much richer, so much softer and warmer, and infinitely more pleasurable than he'd ever imagined. That was the only problem. He couldn't go back to simply fantasizing about her now. Not now that he knew how hot and sweet she felt when he was inside her. Or how her skin tasted like warm honey. Or how she sounded like an angel at the height of ecstasy. Ecstasy he'd brought her. Pride flushed through him, foolishly, like he was some puffed-up teenage punk bragging about his latest conquest. But she had come for him, arching against him, crying out his name, and it had been the sweetest sound he'd ever heard, spinning him over the edge so fast that he'd lasted mere seconds inside her before finding ecstasy himself. He hadn't known hearing a woman's pleasure alone could do that to him. It certainly never had before. But then, he'd never been with the woman of his dreams before. The one woman he wanted almost at the point of insanity. The only woman who could make him hard just by smiling at him. Just by tucking a strand of hair behind her ear. Just by lightly touching his hand. Just by being her. Desire throbbed between his legs at the thought of her, even as he tried to will it away. Floorboards creaked, and he looked up, startled. She stood in the doorway, smiling at him through a yawn, looking sleepy and rumpled and utterly adorable. His cock surged painfully against his jeans at the sight of her. She was deliciously disheveled, rubbing at her drowsy eyes, her perfect pink lips parting in another yawn. She was wearing a plaid flannel sleep shirt that was way too big for her, that fell straight to her knees, and hid far too much of her soft, sweet little body. Her hair tumbled messily over her shoulders, and there were pillow scars on the side of her face, and damn if she wasn't the sexiest woman he had ever seen. And something more, too. Something else whispered in the back of his mind. Seeing her, drowsily padding into the kitchen with her hair a tangled, sexy mess, waiting to eat the breakfast he'd cooked for her. Something about it was so cozily domestic, so strangely comforting. Like she was his. Like they'd been living together for years. Like they'd built a life together. A home. Or some bullshit like that. He pushed the thought away and finished loading up her plate. She sat down at the place he'd set for her and took a sip of coffee, closing her eyes in appreciation. Back at the base, he always made the coffee rich and strong, mostly because she liked it that way. 
from her residency days, she'd told him, when she'd clung to life on caffeine and sugar alone. He took it any way he could get it, but pretended he preferred it strong whenever the other guys complained that it was thick enough to stand on. She took another luxurious sip, breathing out her contentment. When he slid her plate in front of her, she opened her eyes and smiled. Wow, this looks so good, she said. I'm starving. He didn't respond, just took his seat opposite her and picked up his knife and fork. He didn't want to start eating until she did. Or rather, he was more interested in watching her take her first bite than in taking his own. It was so worth it. When she lifted the fork full of eggs to her mouth, she closed her eyes again in sheer sensory delight and made a little noise that was damn near as seductive as the breathy little moans he'd teased out of her last night. His cock surged again, and he shifted in his seat. My God, she said, indelicately, her mouth full. This is so good. What did you do to these eggs? He shrugged family recipe. She took another bite and rolled her eyes appreciatively. Okay, you are going to have to bribe me not to tell everyone at PGI what an amazing chef you are. God! She made another moaning noise. So good! It was ridiculous how much this pleased him. Fucking ridiculous. And there was no way in hell he was going to let her tell everyone he was a fucking chef either. He cleared his throat. I'm glad you like it. You're cooking from now on, she told him, like for the rest of your life. He lowered his head to hide a smile. Or maybe it was just to hide his relief. He hadn't been sure what she'd say to him this morning. He'd thought there might be some awkwardness, some bashful glances and flushed cheeks as she tried to avoid eye contact. But she'd been anything but bashful about her need for him last night coming to him not once, but twice, and apparently enjoying it both times. And she didn't seem to be the least bit awkward about it this morning, either. As if he hadn't nearly broken the bed, screwing her. As if she hadn't ripped him apart with two shuddering orgasms that had nearly killed him. As if they did that sort of thing all the time. All the time. Jesus, with her he could have a night like that all the time. He'd die young, of course depleted from excessive, mind-blowing orgasms, but hell, what did he care? What a way to go. He'd also feared she might have woken up in girlfriend mode, all intimate, clingy, asking him where their relationship was going, or what he was thinking, or how he felt. But he shouldn't have thought that either. Alexandra was like no other woman he'd ever met. Typical morning-after behavior just didn't suit her. She was too honest, too forthright too real. Too in love with her breakfast. She ate so sensuously. Not to purposely titillate him, he knew, though she was doing a damn fine job of that anyway, but because she was lost in the pure delight of it. She savored every mouthful, chewing slowly and purposefully, enjoying every bite. And the sound she made, Jesus, it was driving him wild. He cleared his throat again and rotated his coffee cup on the table in front of him. His mind turned to something she had mentioned before they'd even left the hotel back in Denver. So, uh, you said Nick sent up some files for me to go through? She blinked and stopped chewing. She blinked a few more times 
obviously caught off guard by his sudden change of subject. But she recovered quickly, resuming her meal. Um, yeah. He sent up dossiers on some potential clients. He wants your opinion on them. Good. Something to do, he thought with relief. Something other than spend all day in bed with her. He took a few mouthfuls of his breakfast, then chased it with more coffee. Where are they? On my laptop, she said, gesturing vaguely over her shoulder toward the living room. There's no internet up here, obviously, or cell reception, but you won't need it to just look through the files. Nick wanted a logistics report on each of them. You know, if you think we should take them on as clients, that is. He nodded. We. Fuck, he hated it when she included herself in PGI, as though she belonged there. As though she wasn't wasting her life with Nick and his band of fucked-up brothers. The last time she'd insisted she was part of the team, he'd nearly lost her. And he'd been completely pissed that she'd managed to get herself on this mission, too, even though at the time he'd had no way of knowing what it was really all about. The fact that she was still willing to put herself out there, pretend she was all Lara Croft and shit, made his head hurt. She just wouldn't listen. The woman was as stubborn as any soldier he'd ever met, and yet was so far out of her depth it scared the hell out of him. Never mind cooking, he'd probably have to shadow her for the rest of his life just to make sure she didn't gallop off to the rescue and get herself killed. For the rest of his life, he thought. Based on last night, it might actually be kind of okay. She moved some eggs around her plate with her fork, watching him. He lowered his gaze and focused on his own breakfast, hoping like hell she couldn't guess he was thinking about how incredible her body had felt, spasming around his cock. There are also some things I want to discuss with you, she said after a moment, taking a bite of cinnamon toast. He tensed, but tried not to show it. God, she sounded serious all of a sudden. He didn't look up at her, just kept focusing on his eggs. I have some treatment ideas in mind. She went on, and I want to get a better medical history on you if I can, which reminds me. The tone of her voice made him look up. She was frowning, her eyes so beautiful and troubled it made him want to reach across the table and kiss the concern away. God damn it, why were these impulses coming from? He looked down again, relieved that at least she was only talking about his medical issues. The way he was feeling right now, the way his cock was throbbing against his jeans. If she told him she wanted to get married and start having a bunch of kids, he'd probably just nod and smile and fall on his knees in obedience. Christ. I couldn't find any childhood records on you anywhere, she said. Aiden hacked into your pediatrician's computer and... What the fuck? I know, I know. I, I told him I needed your chart. She silenced him with an imperious hand. We were all babies once, Thor. Even you. You needed my childhood records? Seriously? Seriously, she replied. I had nothing on you. I don't know what vaccinations you've had, what... Aren't those records, like, private? He asked, all thoughts of domestic bliss and rampant lovemaking mercifully on hold. And confidential? Yeah. She lifted one shoulder with a shrug that was defiantly jubilant. But I am your doctor. Aiden isn't. Well, I didn't let him see anything, she amended, sitting forward and smiling. Come on, I do have some sense. He scowled at her, but her grin was so adorable, 
her hair falling across her eyes, so coquettish and fucking gorgeous. He forgot what he'd been so angry about. She always had that effect on him. He could be in the middle of a storming rage, and yet one smile from her could bring him back down, fill him with a warm kind of hunger, make him quite literally want to make love, not war. Like he did right now. The predictability of it was astonishing, and humiliating too. Anyway, I found the typical well-baby stuff your parents did up until about the age of one, and then nothing until you enlisted at 18. He tapped the edge of his coffee cup, trying to master the emotions that were trying to master him. Best to just focus on the discussion at hand, even if it meant delving into areas he'd rather not discuss with her. Did you have another doctor? She prompted. After the age of one? He nodded. Of course, in Sweden, where I grew up. She tilted her head to the side, regarding him intently. I figured as much. I was actually surprised to learn that you were born here. I assumed you were Swedish by birth. I was born in upstate New York, he said, not at all clear why he was volunteering so much. Then my grandfather got sick, and my parents moved us back to Stockholm. I was about 18 months old, I think. We didn't come back to the state until I was 17. She didn't say anything, just moved her food around idly before taking another small bite. No more moans of pleasure this time, he thought wistfully. He'd have to learn to start talking after she was finished eating. So why did your family come back here? She asked casually. Well, of course she was going to ask. Had he really thought she'd just let this subject go once he'd opened the door? He sat back in his chair, idly rotating the coffee cup, and sighed. Well, ironically, my dad didn't want me to join the military. Her eyebrows rose, and she laughed. <laughs> really? He nodded, allowing himself a small smile at the memory. Sweden had mandatory military service, and he didn't want me to have to do it. He was a pacifist, if you can believe it. She frowned. But my grandfather told me that Sweden was always neutral, at least during the two world wars. It's doubtful you would have gone to war. Yeah, well, my dad hated the very idea of it, especially the mandatory part. So he made sure we moved back to the States before I turned 18. She smiled wryly. But, um, didn't you enlist in the U.S. Army at 18? What can I tell you? Now he shrugged mimicking her casually lifted shoulder. I was a rebellious kid. No kidding. <laughs> Your dad must have freaked. Yeah, he did. Eric couldn't help but smile, remembering his father's livid face and the lectures that followed. But he came around once he saw it was a good fit for me. It gave me the discipline I needed. Beat the badass right out of me. Well, she mused, a smile curving her lips. Not entirely. He smiled, ducking his head down. You think I'm bad now? You should have seen me when I was 18. I was a real badass wannabe. <laughs> I can just imagine. She grinned. He found himself grinning back at her, entirely against his will. Her smile was so engaging, so warm, it lit her face from within and made her eyes sparkle. She was teasing him, but in such a gentle, accepting way as if she would have liked his badass 18-year-old self just as much as she liked his 34-year-old self. As if she would have loved him then, too. 
the thought slammed into him as he remembered her whispered words to him on the couch, replaying in his mind as if they had been recorded, her soft voice trembling a little as she kissed him lightly and told him she loved him. Except she couldn't love him. She shouldn't. He had to make sure of it somehow. Another memory from last night flashed before him, and shame flushed through him. His resolve, his decision to give her sex but nothing more. How was this anything but the pathetic rationalizations of a horny man? In the light of day, it now seemed so lame, so self-serving, telling himself that he really could have meaningless sex with her because it was for her own good, to drive her away, to make her hate him. Had he really believed any of that? If he had sex with her again, it would be for one reason alone. Because he wanted her. He wanted her soft curves and her little cries. He wanted the ecstasy of driving his cock into her hot little body. He wanted to sink into her and never surface again. And for those few precious moments, he wanted to simply forget. For those fleeting minutes of pure bliss, he wanted to allow himself to feel her love. A selfish, indulgent reason, in other words, that had nothing to do with what was best for her. Oh, damn it all, he wasn't going to give in to it, no matter how tempting it might be. She must have seen the change come over him, because her smile faded. She looked down at her plate and cleared her throat, her professional demeanor returning. Well, uh, maybe you can fill me in on whatever you remember, she said. Surgeries, illnesses, anything like that. I'll try to remember he said. He glanced up and out the window, noticing how bright and crisp the day looked. He should go for a run, he thought. Running in the snow was almost as challenging as running in sand, and that was one of the best workouts he knew. Maybe that's why he was feeling so antsy, feeling so jittery all of a sudden. He hadn't worked out in a few days. Maybe he just needed to burn off some energy, burn off some tension, burn off the constant thrumming need to take her to bed, to have her again to make her smile at him like that, like everything was all right and always would be. You know, I'm actually kind of surprised, she said carefully, propping her chin in her hand. He glanced back at her sharply, alarmed that he'd let his mind drift so easily. By what? By you. By your willingness to let me treat you. You know, I've been trying for two years to get you to sit down with me and go over this stuff. He shrugged and drained the last of his coffee. I'm your prisoner up here, Doc. Not a lot of choice. But why did you avoid it for so long? She asked. Because whenever you touched me, all I could think about was bending you over your desk, and I don't know. Never seemed that important, I guess. He rose and brought his plate over to the sink. She stood, too, and brought her dish and cup over as well. Well, I'm glad you think it's important now. I know I can help you. She brushed against him, lightly, as she began to fill the sink with water. At her touch, he looked down at her, feeling a surge of sensation from her mere closeness. She looked up at him with such an open, trusting expression, with such sweetness in her eyes that he felt something move in his chest. Something that hadn't moved in a very long time. Her lips parted, and her eyes traveled to his lips briefly before fluttering back to meet his gaze her unspoken desire for a kiss practically ringing in his ears. The impulse to just give in and kiss her almost broke him. It would be so easy, 
so easy to cup her face, lean down and kiss her. Kiss her so thoroughly she'd have no doubt as to the secrets of his heart. Kiss her until those little sounds she made drove him past the point of control, until he just had to have her again, had to take her to bed and kiss every inch of her. It would be so goddamn easy. I'm going to exercise, he said instead, rushing past her. Eric, she protested, turning from the sink as he left. You said we could talk. We've got all week to talk, he called over his shoulder. He strode into the living room and began swinging his arms, as if in preparation for a sparring match. If only, he thought miserably, he could use a good brawl right about now. He'd start with Nick Sullivan, in fact, and knock some teeth out of that smug-ass grin of his. Maybe Alexandra hadn't expressly told him what this week was really about, but Christ, Nick would surely have some prurient ideas of his own. Eric couldn't wait until a woman tore Sullivan's life apart. If there was a god, a woman would torture the hell out of Sullivan for two years first, and then hold him prisoner at a remote cabin until he was so horny for her he couldn't see straight. And then, well, if there was a god, she'd want to friggin' talk about his past, his family, his goddamn babyhood, like that was something a man wanted to revisit. Let Sullivan find out what it was like to have a woman paw through his fucking pediatrician's files, for Christ's sake. It was like... it was like... Like she cares about you. A little voice berated him. Stop being such a prick. He glanced up at the exposed beams that ran the length of the living room. They were thick enough to grip and looked strong enough for him to use for some pull-ups. He peeled off his shirt and jumped up, grabbing onto a beam and hoisting himself up to his chin. This was more like it, he thought, lowering himself with control, and then pulling himself up again. This was familiar. He could work his body to exhaustion, and then he'd work it some more, and it would blot out everything. Exercise was the only thing that could. Well, exercise and sex, of course. Hot, passionate, primal sex with the most delectable, most intoxicating woman he'd ever known. But he wasn't about to do that again, no matter how good it had been. His arms burned as he powered through a few more pull-ups, tightly controlling each descent, making sure to use only his upper body and not his core to do most of the work. After a few more, he paused, hanging there, his fingers aching for release. But he didn't let go. Instead, he brought his legs up, arrow straight, like an Olympic gymnast on the rings. His abs burned and he began to shake with the effort, pushing himself to hold on for just a few more seconds, just a few more. She was watching him. She was just standing there, watching him, her hands on her hips, her eyes roaming over his body. I can't believe you can do that, she said. Do what? He managed, embarrassed by how breathless he sounded. But goddammit, he was supporting his entire body with his fingers. This, she came forward, gesturing at his feet. Your control is incredible. As if her words jinxed him, he suddenly lost his control and let his legs drop, his abs screaming from the exertion. But he didn't drop from the beam. Maybe it was foolish pride or machismo or the way she was gazing at his body, but he just didn't want to stop being the specimen that she was admiring. He surged through a couple more pull-ups, grunting with the effort. 
Is it true that in special forces training they make you do this kind of thing while shooting at you? She asked. He looked down at her, with live rounds, no less. She laughed. <laughs> How is that supposed to prepare you for combat again? It's to prepare you to do your job, even when you're exhausted or in pain. He panted out between labored breaths, struggling to make his voice sound less stressed. Even when you're distracted. Distracted, huh? She asked, one eyebrow arching. She moved closer to him, and then, just as he pulled himself up, she leaned forward and kissed his straining abdominal muscles. Her lips were blazing hot against his skin, and he felt the surge of pleasure down to his toes. Just the feel of her lips on his skin, and he was rock-hard again, desperate for her. He let out a breath of protest. <laughs> Jesus, Alexander! Even when you're distracted, she murmured, kissing him lower and lower. She flattened both palms against his abs and rasped her nails over his skin as she trailed kisses down his core, over his navel and lower. Jesus, not that distracted, he groaned, straining to keep himself up. Maybe they should add this to the training, she mused, popping open the top button of his jeans. Bring the guy's girlfriend in and have them provide a little real-life distraction. Washout rate would be 100%, he groaned, guaranteed. She laughed, a light, airy little giggle that made him flash on a memory of the little sounds she'd made last night, her lilting laughter as his light caresses tickled her and her sighs of pleasure. Well, you never know, she said silkily punctuating her words with soft little kisses against his flesh. Some Matahari type might try to seduce you while you're supposed to be sniping or blowing something up or whatever. Sniping? He couldn't help but laugh. Is that even a word? <laughs> you know what I mean. She peeled back the sides of his jeans and toyed with the zipper. Didn't you ever have some vixen try to tempt you with her beguiling ways? Just one... He breathed out. He groaned as her hands slipped beneath the waistband of his briefs. At the touch of her soft, feminine fingers, his cock surged, straining forcefully, humiliatingly, against the fabric. She was only barely touching his skin. She wasn't even near his cock yet, but he felt a jolt of pleasure as intense as if she was already stroking him. In a second, she would be, and maybe not just with her hands, he realized. Noticing how close her mouth was to him. Jesus Christ, there's no way he'd even survive that, let alone maintain his composure. He let himself drop to the floor, wrapping his fingers around her wrist to stop her from going further. He stood, catching his breath, holding onto her wrist and pinning her with his eyes. A warning. A plea. A bit of both. She stepped back from him. Message received. You're not going to tell me that we shouldn't have sex again, are you? She asked quietly, all trace of Matahari, mercifully gone. We shouldn't, he answered, reaching for his shirt and pulling it over his head. But I, I thought... She hesitated. Last night? Was last night, he finished. We never talked about repeating it. No, she agreed. 
She looked suddenly self-conscious, and he felt like a shit for causing her even a moment's self-doubt. It's just that it was really good, I thought. So good that I thought we could, you know, try some other things. I'm going for a run, he said, too quickly, before his head exploded, or his cock did. She blinked at him and looked out the window as if it had magically become June. In this temperature? <laughs> Makes no difference. I need to exercise. I can't stay cooped up in here all day. I'll be back soon. Before she could say anything further, before she smiled at him one more time, or, God forbid, touched him, he threw on his parka and stuffed his feet into his boots. He opened the door to a blast of icy air and squinted against the glare of sun on snow. It was bitterly cold, and he didn't care. He trotted down the stairs and jogged lightly through the thick snow, taking in deep breaths of frigid air that burned his nostrils and made his chest ache. It didn't matter. Anything was better than staying in there with her. He hoped to God she was right about these enhancements being reversible and that she could actually help him. Help him become a normal man again, with only the normal raging hormones to deal with. Help him get rid of this unbearable lust, this incredible, insatiable need. For her. And only for her. That was the goddamn truth of it. Being with other women had long ago lost its urgency, and now that he'd given in to his need for her, now that he knew exactly how sweet it was to be with her, he had no hope of ever finding a substitute ever again. What other woman could compare, now that he'd felt her tremble beneath him, had felt her slick heat clench around him, heard her cries of pleasure? Who would ever look at him with such beautiful eyes and whisper that she loved him? No mere casual encounter would make him lose himself in pleasure ever again, not now that he'd discovered just how powerful and passionate and soul-wrenching sex could be. His own voice taunted him with just how easy it would be to have her again. Just take her, a demonic part of him urged. She wants you. Just go back in there and fuck her brains out. Fuck her till she comes a hundred times and then fuck her some more. She wants you. Just give her what she wants. You're not hurting anyone. But the other, saner part of him resisted those impulses. He wanted her desperately, but he just couldn't treat her that way. He couldn't use her for his selfish pleasure when he knew that she felt something for him. Maybe if she simply lusted for his body, they could enjoy each other for a week and then be done with it. But if she really did love him, there was no way he could take what she was offering. Not without loving her back. And that was the one thing he absolutely couldn't do. But Christ, how could he stop himself? She was everything to him. In his fucked up world, in his fucked up life, she was sanity and salvation. And pure, honest love. He couldn't let himself sink into this torment. He had never allowed himself to be swallowed up by his urges, whether it was his hunger for her or the anger towards the world that lurked in the shadows of his mind. The almost overwhelming desire to wreak havoc, to exact revenge on anyone and everyone who stoked his rage. He was always in control. Always mastered the darkness that threatened to overwhelm him. He would simply have to master this too. He jogged through the snow until he crested the small hill at the end of the driveway. Then, once he knew he was out of sight of the cabin, he slowed to a walk and finally took a seat on a fallen log. 
He braced his elbows on his knees and let his head fall into his hands, willing the damning voice of temptation to just shut the fuck up. He would master this, if not for himself, for her. <laughs>